0: The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts.
1: Since Russia invaded Ukraine, Poland has taken in more than two million refugees fleeing from the war. However, the unprecedented humanitarian crisis is not the country's only concern. The war has also spoken to wider anxieties Poland faces – Will Putin decide Warsaw is his next target? Should there be a European army? Where does the EU fit into Poland's vision for the future? Where does Britain? To answer all of these questions, I sat down with Poland's Deputy Prime Minister, Piotr Glinski. Thank you so much, Prime Minister, for joining us. What does Britain mean to you and to Poland? Britain, in general... Fantastic culture,
2: a long tradition, and very thorough experiences
1: after the Second World War. Do you get memories of Margaret Thatcher and her support for the Solidarity Movement? I know you were in that movement yourself in the 80s. I remember it, yeah.
2: yeah. So we, we appreciate it. But we were, as I said, very disappointed after the Second World War. Because what happened, we won The the war, together with our alliance, British also. And then we were betrayed. And we spent 45 years in communist camp as a prisoner. So we were really disappointed. But we appreciated, of course, the the Margaret Thatcher government and approach. And also, we remember... Ronald Reagan, and as you said, the Solidarity Movement and these changes in this part of Europe
1: was very important for us, and it was started here in, in, in Poland. Absolutely, and she came to Poland and she made her fantastic speech in 1988, and many Polish people say, well, her and as rightly Ronald Reagan helped free Europe from the Soviet Union's tyranny, and since Poland left the Soviet Union and became Free Britain has also cooperated with Poland in NATO as well. And more recently, of course, in Ukraine, there has been other military cooperation. Is Britain the leading ally for Poland in Europe? Uh, it's important. Uh,
2: there is also a, a new coalition. I mean, London, Warsaw and Kiev. Yeah. Something new. And this is because Britain, uh, the Great Britain is, is now independent from the European Union of course and so it's easier for us now I mean Poland in some respect to build a
1: coalition with
2: Britain that's that's for sure yeah
1: do you see Britain as your closest ally when you compare to France and to Germany and to other leading nations it's
2: different i can say because we are in European Union which is important coalition for us, but very, very difficult sometimes, and there is a lot of tensions. But France, France and, and Germans are still the important uh, players, in, of course, in European Union. So, but as you know, there are some tensions, and there is a lot of difficulties in our relationships. The Great Britain is outside the European Union, so the uh, the relationships are different and it's easier for us to not take into account this, all these uh, limitations which are uh, connected strictly to the European Union politics which was or has been dependent from Russia. The relationship between European Union, mainly Germany, and Russia was uh, uh, catastrophic, I can say for years. And we, as a part of the Europe, of European Union, uh, sacrificed because of these relationships and because of this dependency. I mean, economic, mainly stemming, stemming from the energy policy, but not only.
1: Let's talk about some of the tensions between Poland and the European Union at the moment. Obviously, we all know Poland has taken in more than a million Ukrainian refugees in this crisis. You're obviously doing almost a lot, two million. Almost two million. You're doing a lot to help Ukraine, both militarily and through refugees. And at the same time, the European Parliament voted to continue its sanctions on Poland. How does this make you feel as a Polish politician? You know, uh,
2: as a Polish politician, I used to situation like this that. The the world is injustice, I can say. So we are ready to fight. We are brave enough to to make, in a way, opposition to those real enemies. So, of course, it is something which we feel is uh, injustice. Tomorrow probably will be two million refugees directly from Ukraine to Poland, plus one million and, and a half probably those ukrainians who came before but it's not bad because they are familiar with the country and they work this uh, ukrainian minority working minority because there are uh, mainly economic immigrants they help us to welcome those two millions in a way but altogether we have uh, like three and a half million ukrainians in poland so it's almost uh, 10% of the population. So it's serious, I can say, compared to the migration crisis from uh, 2015-16 when during two years more than one million of refugees came to Europe of different kind. I mean, the refugees of different kind. Some of them probably were uh, war refugees. Some of them, or probably the majority, was economic migrants and there are differences, as you know, between them of different culture and different goals, I can say. Those from Ukraine are different. They are war refugees. And uh, of course the, the, the separate part is this uh, economic immigrants and and they are from similar culture and so from this point of view it's easier for us probably to organize Organize this miracle because it's something which I can call an uh, organized miracle. What happened that, that during three weeks we welcomed two million refugees without uh, really serious crisis. Of course, there are some problems. It's, it's horrible as as a fact. Two million migrants during a uh, few weeks, but I think that the, that people. I mean the Poles, Ukrainians. All together, our institutions, non-governmental organizations, local government, state institutions, also new institutions we developed during the last uh, six years when we are in power. We established Mm a variety of new different institutions, which are now very, very useful, Uh, like the civil defense new troops we we organize, or or the non-governmental organization, which are supported by, by the state and so on. So it was a miracle, I can say, that organized to some extent, but based on the activity of the people. So we, uh, in a way, uh, we survived this crisis during uh, first three weeks. But compared to what you said, that the European Union is so... <laughs> Different in cooperation, like I can say. Of course, there are some officials from the European Commission. They are coming, they are visiting uh, our boundary, the places where the refugees are gathered uh, and, and so on. But there is no real material support, I can say. There are some talks, uh, there are some promises, I can say. But uh, we are spending our money. We are organising our people and we are trying to do our best in this situation. And on the other hand, as you mentioned, we have still these sanctions against Poland, which are motivated strictly political. There is no other reason for sanction against Poland from European uh, Union institutions only because of they are only because of political reasons and political differences between our government which is different than majority of governments most of governments
1: in European Union so what is your message to the EU or the EU politicians who want these sanctions to continue the message firstly is to
2: think independently independently than the mainstream of European Union like I can say because I think that European, uh, European Union have to find a new solutions, a new way, anyway. Even more, the whole uh, geopolitical system of contemporary world has to be changed, because there is something absolutely new, a new factor, a real changing factor. They're very aggressive, unpredictable and uncontrolled, aggressive imperial with nuclear power nuclear weapon. and this is something which is changing the situation all the time, so also the European Union should be changed and I think that the, the, the Great Britain probably is different because it's more much more independent. There are differences also in culture. I mean, the, the, your culture is probably different uh, vis-a-vis the challenges we are witnessing now. The European Union is, uh, I think, uh, culturally and politically is in very deep crisis. They have no army. Maybe France so is a little bit different, because of different tradition. so they are not able to defend themselves. Economically, they were dependent on uh, China or in, on Russia, because it was you know it was easy to make some businesses with them. But the consequences of this are, are that the the energy system is completely. It depended on russia and uh, economically they were i mean the the, the, the huge uh, economy ec- european economy was uh, have been dependent on on, uh, on china and the the crisis the pandemic crisis shown us um, this so in this context we can say really that we need a new relations with relationship with Britain, we appreciate the visit of your prime minister, for example. It wasn't so easy for European leaders to uh, accept our position in this crisis. I think that the the, the British prime minister understands better this than our European partners.
1: Now, some in the EU claim that the European rule of law is the highest law in the land and that Poland is attempting to undermine that through laws that you're instigating, and they also talk about the independence of the judiciary in Poland no longer being independent because you appointed these five judges and you sort of overrode the precedents to do that. So what do you say to these accusations that Poland is breaking the crucial thing for an independent democracy, the rule of law? Those accusations are not
2: true, you know, because they are based on, on absolutely wrong assumptions. All the changes, all the reforms we introduced in our country are based on similar models from different countries, from Spain, Austria, Germany. For example, the, the judges, which are chosen by, by politicians. The same you can find in German system or in Spanish system. So there is no differences. The difference is, that they don't want to allow to do Poland because the Polish government is of different kind than uh, other governments. We are much more focused on our tradition. Yeah, we are conservative. We believe in a nation, not chauvinistic nation, but the nation based on our culture and tradition. And we are a little bit different. Yeah, we believe in some conservative institutions like family as a very thorough conclusion. We can add that what is going on in Ukraine proves that our programme is absolutely right because the the war in Ukraine after these first three weeks, shows to everybody, to, to the whole world, that the real future of nations depends on the ability to defend uh, the, the nation, the community uh, as a whole, and uh, it depends on ability to sacrifice Your life for your nation, which is absolutely new evidence in contemporary world. We forgot about it. So, this kind of values that uh, to be ready to sacrifice your life for your community, for your uh, nation, for your state is something strange in contemporary uh, world. People uh, do not want to discuss about it. And now they have to witness it because it's in Europe, in in Central Europe. It's 20 kilometers from the boundary of European Union. There was an explosion, a huge explosion. Almost 40 people have been killed. 20 kilometers from uh, Polish uh, boundary. So it's something which we, uh, which which is changing our world. That we have to be ready for such sacrifices. We, all of us, not only hired soldiers or or, uh, some uh, selected troops, something which which, which is outside of us. No. Our families, our cousins, uh, our uh, acquaintances, friends, all of us, I mean, in Poland, we are feeling this. In Europe, I don't know if they really feel this dangerous. It's quite different situation, which shows us that
1: really there is a change of the priorities. You talk about the differences between the EU and Poland, or Western Europe, I should say really, and Poland. And you talk about these sanctions being politically motivated from the European Union. And again, really interesting answer about sort of whether people are prepared to fight for their country. Do you think that the EU has become too woke, too decadent, Do you think that people are willing to fight for their own country? I don't know
2: if it's uh, this feeling uh, exists, if this feeling exists in your country. I even don't know if this feeling really exists in Poland. But we are in the process of changing. We were witnessing these values, like to be ready to to die for, for someone, for something, to sacrifice your life as something uh, which is uh, rather characteristic for the museums, not for the real life. And now there is a change. So I don't know if your society is ready. I know that there are some aspects of uh, British culture which are close to this kind of thinking, or uh, the, the patriotic feelings which we know mostly from American films, you know, that they have, the, the American culture have this kind of, uh, and also probably British. So we, are, we can also probably think about the Anglo-Saxon culture, which is m- more similar to Polish approach than probably to those, Decadent European
1: values. Well, this is what I wanted to ask about was the, in France and Germany and other places in Europe who are sanctioning you. Do you feel they've become too decadent or too woke? I think that they are. They, 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 you know, this is, this is a
2: long process. They uh, lost their feeling of what is important really in, in, in life of, uh, of nations. They have lost it years ago, I think. Okay, the, the first visible crisis was probably after the war, where they were so focused on some leftist or communist ideas. And they, of course, they were still the Christian tradition, yeah, to some extent. And also the European Union or the first European institution have been built by, by people from the, the political circle of of Christian Democrats, yeah? So that's for sure. But there was the first changes, uh, I mean, the the pro-decadent or there was uh, pre-post-modernistic thinking or or idea, and these different kinds of Marxism were very popular amongst intellectuals uh, in Europe. Uh, there were the, 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 visible, the first visible signs of, of these uh, changes. The, the, the weakness of Europe is stemming probably from this tradition, I can say, generally speaking. The European institutions are not ready to, uh, to build any effective opposition to the danger from, from the East.
1: So Poland has had a difficult 20th century I think everyone could admit this, you know, you had a huge amount of oppression from both. But
2: our 19th century was even more difficult.
1: Well, I didn't know that. Okay. But, uh, uh, <laughs> so from, from there was partitions in Poland who <laughs> so we were not independent at all. So. But in living memory, you had people who lived under communism. I mean, you lived under communist yeah, rule. Yeah. And you had, of course, Hitler's invasion of Poland as well, which murdered millions and millions and millions. And therefore, history must be in the minds of Poles today when you're looking at the current crisis and the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Germany has announced that they will be rearming. So they're spending 100 billion euros on defence. They're going up to 3%. Obviously, you've got Russia on the other side. They're rearming. Is this a concern for Poland?
2: No, no, it's not a concern. Uh, I think that the, the, the changes uh, are uh, required. I mean, uh, are... Important, and I mean the changes in European Union and also in Germany. But uh, the problem is also there is also another problem in Poland that there is no one Poland because of these historical changes, because also of these almost fifty years of communism in Poland. We are very deeply divided as a nation, as a state, and also as the result of pressure from. Both sides, so the Putin and also Germany, they were interested in dividing Poland (laughs) and and, uh, in building, you know, this furious aggression in the country. And also during the last six years, we experienced a huge tension from uh, outside. Supporting opposition in an undemocratic way, I can say, because our po- opposition established uh, a new kind of activity. They called themselves uh, as totalitarian opposition, which means that they, as a matter of fact, they do not respect the results of seven elections in a row. We win, yeah, we win seven elections, I think. But they, they do not, they didn't want to, to respect the results of this election and they, they treated us as someone, uh, you know, uh, strange, which can be uh, also punished by European Union, by more civilized, yeah, institutions, European institutions, which are wiser than we are and more matured, even those language that we are not matured enough to have the same rights like Western countries. yeah. So, for example, these changes in our judicial system, which are similar to German or to Spanish, were not allowed for us because we are not matured according to them. So the Spain after Franco was, mo- was much more matured according <laughs> to those <laughs> statements than we. As I said... Uh, so our uh, situation here in, po- in Poland because of these tensions between our government and the European Union is uh, still difficult and the sanctions are not understandable for us and, of course, there are no injustice. Uh, and they are against the treatment. I mean, they are against the European
1: agreements. Now, a prominent Polish politician recently talked, or relatively recently, I should say, talked about a fourth Reich, which is, I think, a slightly exaggerating point. But still, there are people in Poland who are afraid that Germany within the EU is sort of again becoming far too dominant. Are you concerned about this issue? We
2: are concerned that the Germans are dominant by their economic power and their political power in through European Union. Uh, Institutions. That's something which is, of course, difficult for us. So I agree that this is something which which is my
1: concern. Now, again, focusing on Germany, do you think this current crisis in Ukraine is as a result of German foreign policy and energy policy? So Merkel's legacy is one of building Nord Stream 2, which is 95% complete. And obviously, Germany still spends a huge amount of money on Russian gas. So in a way, they're indirectly financing Putin's war. So do you think that Merkel's legacy is this current invasion of Ukraine?
2: I think that that I already said it, that that the war is caused by these politics. That's for sure. And we have a, a saying in Poland that this is not phenomenal in this way because I I should say that this is not the war this is the result I mean that it is war of course but the war is the result the result of the politics uh, of this uh, European mainly German approach to the uh, to the relations with Russia and to the European Union became dependent
1: on on Russia. What about this issue of an EU army uh, supplementing NATO? Are you concerned about an EU army as a result of this crisis? We even suggested that the the European Union army could
2: be a good solution, but it it doesn't happen. It didn't happen for years. So I do not believe in the European army, and the European army means that the Germany should survive there. It's not a good idea, probably. I, I prefer NATO when the, the rule of USA and, and the Great Britain is, is more important. It's not stabilizing, probably the situation. I do not believe in European army. I don't know if it's maybe it's possible to. Of course, some of uh, European armies should be uh, reinforced. That for sure, because it, they, they are too weak compared to what we have on the of the east. And but the, the, there's a new factor which we also have to be aware of it because of the war in Ukraine that the army, as I mean, the, the, the tanks, all these installations and new technologies, which are of great importance nowadays, is one side. But on the other side, you have what you mentioned already, culture and this power of spirit uh, this this ability to fight for your nation and as we can see in Ukraine it is something which is absolutely the most important factor because even if you have weapon, if you have technologies uh, you could be very weak if you have not this ability to sacrifice your life to defend your values, your family, your nation. And I'm not sure if uh, the contemporary
1: Europe is ready
2: for such a, a confrontation.
1: Now, there is an idea that there are two visions for Europe and for the EU, the first one is one that Brussels wants, so it's of integration, of federalization, of centralization. You mean and the more, more and more European Union? Exactly. And many people say that this crisis may bring more and more European Union together and people will push for more integration as a result of this Ukraine invasion. And then there's this other vision, perhaps Poland and Hungary and other Central Eastern European countries have, one of national sovereignty, one of economic cooperation, but not necessarily centralization and more European Union. Are you concerned that this crisis will be used to further this first idea that I talked about?
2: I don't think so. Of uh, course, uh, well, this vision uh, are, uh, exists, uh, have been exist in European I- Union for years. And also these tensions we mentioned, we discussed already here are connected to these two visions, yeah. The first, of course, it's a utopian model of European society, which is, as I said, very naive and and, and utopian. And uh, we know what does it mean, utopia, which you want, which you are trying to introduce. It caused a lot of victims and a lot of really, really horrible things. And uh, like communism, 100 million uh, victims. So this is uh, absolutely ideologically and politically unreasonable uh, solution. The life of human communities has to be based on real, proved, and good working institutions. And so this utopia of uh, European culture, European society, is only the ideological vision. Politically motivated, of course, because a lot of groups of interest uh, are interested to introduce it based on some ideologies, based on uh, some progressive uh, interest and so on and so on. But it's stupid. It's, it's something which, which is utopian. Uh, utopian. And, 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 uh, and on the other side, of course, we are for uh, those institutions which are effective economically, culturally, and in other... I mean, we, Poland... To some extent, Hungary, of course, some others, probably European conservatives, based on some institutions which are really good acting, good working institutions, solving people's problems, satisfying their needs, and so on and so on, in general. And uh, what we observed in Ukraine, conclusions, if we can say about conclusions after three weeks, I can say again, it's proved that the real hierarchy of values and priorities based on uh, stabilized, basic social institutions like family, like nations, like some systems, educational system, which is connected to the value I mentioned, these are something which is more, most effective for uh, not only for satisfying people's needs, but also for surviving and defending, uh, for defending uh, our sovereignty, independence, and, and, uh, and to, uh, for building a perspective, new perspective, uh, any perspective of developing and so on. So I, I mean that the, the, Conclusions, meaning and, and results of this war is that these experiences from the Ukrainian war support our vision, not the vision of something which is uh, artif- artificial, which is not non-effective at, and it's
1: naive uh, in their uh, assumptions. Now, some people in the EU would accuse Poland's vision and Hungary's vision of the future of Europe of being one that is authoritarian, one that is far-right, and one that is divisive. And we cannot face Putin as a divided European Union, as a divided Europe. What do you say to this argument? But you mean that we are dividing Europe? And that your your vision for Europe is one of authoritarianism and nationalism.
2: What does does nationalism
1: We believe in
2: Europe composed of independent nations which means also independent cultures. But we believe in exchange, of course, and with cooperation, economically, culturally, but not by uh, imposing one culture on another. We believe in partnership, in real partnership, which means also intolerance, not authoritarian (laughs) approach. Because if we prefer the the respect towards uh, our national culture... Which means that we are tolerant also in front of versus uh, other cultures and other other nations. We are against artificial social engineering and and some utopian models because we survived, uh, we, you know, we almost survived. (laughs) We, We sacrifices, we experienced such models. So that's why we are against uh, all these experiments, ideological experiments uh, in the West. And we do not believe in European society. We believe in uh, European, hmm, how to call it, uh, civil society in a way. yeah, But based on different uh, nations, natural uh, social groups and, and cultures and so on. This is a, p- a kind of propaganda that we are far rightists, as you say. Yeah? Too far right is what does it mean? Oh, there is not enough tolerance on the side of the si- on the side of our opponents because they do not respect us <laughs> and uh, our mm, approach, our visions, and our opinions. So it's not true that that, that we are. Trying to, to build an authoritarian and populistic. What is the populistic? Where is the, the the limit of being populistic or, or democratic or, or just
1: elected during the democratic election? Let's talk about the war in Ukraine. Now, there's been much talk about Polish fighter jets being sent to Ukraine to help them fight against Russia. However, this hasn't happened. I believe that Poland requested for these fighter jets to be sent to a U.S. military base in Germany and then to be flown to Ukraine from there. Why can't these jets go directly from Poland to Ukraine?
2: Because of the NATO uh, regulations. And, um, the, you know, the problem is, of course, that we would like to, and we are trying to, to make a real uh, help, real assistance to Ukraine. What they need more is the, the free flight zone, or as you say, the aircraft, the jets, you uh, know, this, this war, the most uh, effective weapon against the Russians. But because we are members of NATO, we have to make our decision together. This is the logic of NATO, and the, the, the power of NATO, of course. If we decided to be much deeply involved in the war as a country, we will break the rules of NATO, and it would be a real danger not only for us, but for everybody, I think. Because probably... Putin could answer not only to Poland but to NATO, and the risk is too much, so the decision must be taken by everybody i mean the NATO as a whole. We can't break this of course it's sorrow it's it's difficult for me to to express it because i uh, you know we have every day in tv we can watch the the children people civilians which are shooted by 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 this aggressor it's horrible but we can't break some limits we what we are doing now and uh, the visit of our prime minister and deputy prime minister our political uh, leader Kaczyński and two other prime ministers from Czech Republic and Slovenia. It was an attempt to, to push limits forward a little bit, huh? to be more brave in it. But we can't do it separately. We have to build a coalition. As I said, the NATO is a better coalition in this respect for us than European Union, but we also would like to build a european coalition inside European Union. We have a lot of discussions tensions quarrels uh, and uh, and we still uh, witness the 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 huge difference between our approach i mean Poland and some other countries and the, the other part of the European Union in this approach, but anyway we are trying to build the coalition also inside the European Union, despite this problem tensions and misunderstanding of if there are, if there is only misunderstanding, I think that there are also real
1: differences in the, in interests. You mentioned a no fly zone. Earlier, And there are concerns in the West that this could lead to a direct war with Russia, who is a nuclear armed power. Are you concerned about World War Three?
2: Yes, I am. Of course, everybody can be concerned about it. And, and as a politician uh, from the country which is close to Russia, we have also the common boundary on the, on the north, as you know. So we are aware of the danger. But we also believe that we have to change now because of this war in Ukraine. And also because of the fact that this war is a kind of a new type of war. i still uh, coming back to, the, to this new factor for me which is the ability to defend your state as a citizen, not only as a soldier, but everybody. You know, there is no crowds of Ukrainian men escaping to Poland. There are their wives, their mothers, their children first of all, and you are happy that we can accept them and help them and to offer them our houses. But Men are in Ukraine and defend, coming back to the culture and differences between culture and and institutions. How you can explain those phenomenon which is natural for Ukrainians and thanks to this phenomenon they can defend their their, uh, country and they defend Europe, probably the civilization, because they are ready to defend, they are ready to Even, you know, this is really serious. They are ready to sacrifice their life. As men have, has to do it. Has to protect their wife, children, country, and also friends and neighbors. This is a new factor. This is a new factor. If we will be ready to do it, which means that we believe in some values, some basic values, which is our families, uh, our nation, uh, our culture. If we believe in this culture, we will be ready to do something which is unbelievable for the rest of the world, probably. And we are ready to defend our country in the circumstances where you have the biggest imperium, or they, 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 they claimed to be the biggest years ago, I mean the Russians, yeah? They are ready to defend. So this is a new factor and a new situation. So we must be aware that the world is changing. world is changing. And probably during these three weeks of war in Ukraine, imposed by Putin, something was changed in the world relationships and we must be aware of it. So, of course, there is a danger of the nuclear war, but on the other side there is something is changed. And something significant and very important. So we have to be brave. We have to Be brave, we have to be ready to sacrifice our life for something which is much more important. We, all of us. Our leaders went to the the middle of the wall yesterday. I don't know if there is any case of this kind we can compare to. Of course, Lech Kaczyński, the brother of our leader, Was in Tbilisi during the war, but the war was a little bit of different scale. And he was also with some leaders from Central Europe at that time. And probably they stopped Putin in Georgia. It was 2008. And probably our leader lost his life. Two years uh, later, because of this, this fact that he was ready to go there that time to, to Georgia and to, and he stopped Putin in a way. So sometimes we can you you can be you can change
1: the, the history. Is Poland obviously? You say you've taken almost two million refugees since the war started. Is Poland concerned that some of these refugees could be Russian saboteurs? Are you concerned about other security issues with all these people flooding into Poland?
2: We are aware of this kind of dangers, but this is not a a case now in Poland. Not at all. We have some different difficulties. We have, of course, our securities, our uh, security services. They are working all the time. But on the other side, We are aware that we have had uh, the the Russian space here also before. Remember that we spent like almost 50 years in the system. And one of the main reasons of our difficulties nowadays, tensions and uh, divisions, and the the discrepancies between people here in the country are stemming from this fact that there are still very strong, a huge number of people which are post-communist in a way. Some of them mentally, but most of them by interest. I mean, because they inherited some uh, estates, some properties and so on. And this is still a huge number of people. And so they are, in a way, also mentally connected to the system, to the communist system. So, in a way, some of them are of the same type of people, like Putin, because they were in the same uh, institution, the same kind of institution, Russian institution. They were Polish, but sub- they were uh, controlled, fully controlled by Russians. And so the Putin was a good... Uh, crony uh, good colleague of, of those people who are still active in public life in Poland so you must remember also that that we have not only uh, naive idiots yeah? you know this, uh, this term useful idiots yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or uh, you have uh, you, can, you could be some, some people who are you know agents, but also uh, uh, quasi agents the supporters the people of this kind yeah, which supporting in in many ways uh, Russians but now this is not the main problem for us the post communist is a problem but not uh, but people cooperating with uh, Russia contemporary Russia is probably is not
1: Well, the reason I ask is because in Belarus recently, Poland had a problem where Putin was sending refugees, alleged refugees, to the border. And obviously, you stopped those refugees from coming for very good reasons. But there must surely be some people who have come over the border in the last few weeks who are Russian agents, for example. Have you not experienced any of this?
2: Probably there are some. But as I said, they are not a problem for us. And uh, we were defending the, qu- quasi refugees, because they were mainly economic immigrants, uh, not because we were, uh, mainly because we were afraid that there are uh, spies or, or, or of these uh, agents or something like this, but because uh, it was the, the hybrid attack on our boundaries. And it was uh, pushed by Lukashenko and, and uh, Putin. It was a kind of war against us. And we were able to defend it because it's uh, not only because of spies, but because of this hybrid war, yeah? uh, which is a new kind of war. So we're not afraid of this kind of war now because we're ready to defend it. And uh, as I said, there are post-communists in Poland, but even most of them are not connected to the, uh, to the contemporary Russian Federation. I mean, this is not a, a,
1: something which, which is a real danger for us, I mean, from inside. Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, this has been really interesting.
2: Sorry uh, for... Uh, being so tired a little bit, you know, uh, we're working very hard.
1: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show and are interested in hearing more episodes like it, please follow this podcast and drop us a review. If you have any suggestions of people you would like to be interviewed, you can let us know via the Apple Podcasts app.